Hello and welcome to the AMBOSS podcast, Beyond the Textbook. Every two weeks, experts from AMBOSS, the medical education platform, interview medical students and healthcare professionals to showcase international perspectives on everything in medical school and beyond the textbook. Today, your hosts are AMBOSS Partnerships Managers, Dr. Kim Kota and Dr. Tanner Schrenk. Our guests are medical students, Mitchell Kribert and Amelia Schultz. They both attend medical school at the University of Sydney in Australia, and they each have children. This is part two in our mini-series called Family Medicine, which focuses on relationships of medical students, residents, and health professionals. Combining family life and studying medicine can be tough. It takes not only patience, but good time management to juggle these full-time priorities. How can students with children handle all this? Are there strategies to stay on top of everything? We'll hear from our ambassador, Mitchell, and medical student, Amelia, to find out more about this unique situation. Thank you so much for joining us. It's excellent to have you here. Thank you. Thanks, Tana. Yeah. So first off, could you tell us a little bit more about yourselves? So I'm Amelia. I am in my second year at University of Sydney Medical School. Prior to coming to medical school, I worked for quite a number of years in managing the publication of medical guidelines in cardiology for the American College of Cardiology trained as a medical writer and editor before that, and I have a PhD in humanities. So I moved back to Australia after many years in the States, and that's me. Wow. That's exciting. You're Dr. Amelia, right? Yeah. If I were German, I would graduate and be Dr. Doctor, right, Kim? Yeah, you would probably, yeah. But sadly, here I'll just have to go with lousy old doctor. Just doctor, yeah. Yeah, and I'm Mitch. Also get to spend my time at med school with Amelia, so we spend a lot of classes together. I'm from a financial services project management background, so I spent five to six years in that before coming to med school. But I did undergrad studies in exercise science and rehabilitation, so I worked within the health and fitness space for about five years prior to going into finance. And I'm a father of two beautiful daughters. I probably should have mentioned my kid, right? You probably should have. <laughs> yeah, and I have a daughter who is turning five next week. Wow. And you both took such unique pathways to medicine, it sounds like. Very cool. And then University of Sydney, how's studying there going? Yeah, it's really good. I was a little bit nervous coming into University of Sydney. It's quite a prestigious university in Australia. And uh, I suppose I was a little bit worried about the pressure and everything that would come with it. But um, they've been extremely supportive and really, really good with the fact that we've got children and our at-home life needs that we need to be able to manage with the children and the studies. We've been super lucky. I was worried it would be an incredibly cutthroat environment. But I mean, I think the fact that we are pass fail helps a lot with people just wanting to help mm -hmm. each other out and work together as a team. But yeah, like Mitch was saying, the clinical school that we're at, so it's Royal Prince Alfred Hospital, um, the staff there have very understanding that there are quite a number of parents in the program and that we sometimes run into some hurdles that people without kids or without extra caring responsibilities won't be encountering through the course of medical school. Mm -hmm. You encounter problems that other students might not have. Is that mainly time-wise or what would you say is the biggest struggle for you guys? Yeah, well, I, I guess there's a couple of things. I think the big one is that like having kids in school or in care is a really big challenge. Like I've got one daughter now that's just started preschool and I've got one in childcare. So Amelia and I aren't working at the moment. So our partners are the ones that are actually bringing in the income of the family. So their jobs are really important to us. Trying to juggle our time and the importance of our degree as well as the importance of our partner's job to the family and then still be functioning parents. And yeah. That's probably one. And then the other thing was the money factor, like going back to one income is also a challenge. Yeah. I mean, I would say the day-to-day -day juggle is a challenge. It was particularly difficult last year. I think we had a lot more class hours than we do now. But in addition to that, there are those random things that can pop up with a kid. For example, a few months ago, right in the middle of an exam week, my kid developed a horrible stomach bug of some kind 
and she was up all night two nights in a row and so oh, no. I was as well and so was my partner and then I was up all day taking care of her and so eventually I called the administrator for our clinical school and said look I don't know what to do we've got this exam on Thursday I haven't slept in 72 hours what am I going to do and she was super understanding and said look you can take a makeup exam in two weeks we can figure this out that is wow. fantastic to hear yeah, it was great. And in addition to that challenge of juggling everything and just the logistics of the life, you got to try to be sometimes easy on yourself yeah. and say, I'm never going to do all the sides of my life perfectly. There's always going to be a bit of a mess somewhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. But probably also staying aware of your needs and find time for yourself. Do you feel like you guys are able to, to do that? or? I think every person has the thing that they need to do individually to keep yeah. them sane. Like For me, it's exercise. If I don't exercise, then I'm a mess. And everyone's got their own outlet. And I think it's really, really important that no matter what you do and no matter how much you're trying to juggle, it's really important you allocate yourself that time to do the thing that's really important to you. Yeah, there's got to be something that's just for yourself. Like for me, I mean, Mitch has a much healthier habit of exercising. I bake a lot of cakes, which really has the opposite effect to exercising a lot. But you've got to have something that's just you. That's really helpful. It sounds like you figured out some strategies there to work around this. And you said your daughter's turning five mm -hmm. and you're in your second year. So you had your child before you started medical school. Yeah, I did. We were living in Washington, D.C. My partner and I were both working full time. And then we moved over here when she was just shy of three. Okay. And then Mitch? Yeah. So I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. You did all the preparation for med school with a newborn mm -hmm. baby. So that was probably more challenging mm -hmm. than the first year of med school. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear that both of you went into medical school already having kids. So you are in sort of a different position than people who are having children while in school. It sounds like you already yeah. had a routine set up, strategies figured out. I mean, you had a PhD mm -hmm. already before going to med school, right? You already figured a lot of this out. Well, I mean, I figured out how to do a PhD when I had no commitments to anybody else. I mean, <laughs> you know, and my, frankly, my partner was doing a PhD at the same time. So it's a very different endeavor to do this when you mm -hmm. have such an intense level of responsibility to another person. So you think you've learned the lessons, but there's many more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you don't have the kids, you can sort of just drop everything and do what you need mm -hmm. to do to get your things done, whether it be a PhD or work. You can just drop it. But when you've got the children, like you have to sort that out first and then funnel back and try and use the last amount of time you've got in your day to then cram, whereas right. some other people might have the luxury where they can just study now, whereas we have to sort of really be... We don't procrastinate. Yeah, it just has to get it done. It doesn't happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Did having kids impact your decision of when to do medical school, when to start? So my kids never influenced the fact that I'd start, but I was, it was always something that I really wanted to do. For me, it was something that I'd always dreamed of doing. Yeah. I mean, I think I really only firmly made a decision that I wanted to attempt to even apply for medical school once I already had my daughter. So I was studying for the you know admissions test while she was napping, <laughs> <laughs> but I was very circumspect about applying because I worried that I just wouldn't have enough time for her or that it would turn into this hot mess every day. And it, it hasn't been, you know, there's occasional hot mess days, but it's, it's mostly like <laughs> that. But yeah, I've spoke to a lot of different people about what this would involve and whether this was a practical plan. And, you know, my partner and I did a, you know, a million financial spreadsheets and everything. And I kept making him reassure me a million times we could afford it. Yeah. You said you were living in the U.S. when you had your child. Yeah. Those must be such different ends of the spectrum in terms of childcare and social help. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a baby in the United States and my experience with the healthcare system there was complicated. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, moving here has been really different. You know, it can be more difficult in some ways. We had a full-time nanny because, you know, two nice incomes in Washington. We don't have that anymore. But mm -hmm. on the other hand, you know, I don't have those concerns about guns and just the sheer cutthroat nature of society that I did in the States. 
which is not to say mm-hmm. we would never go back. It's just to say that in some ways it is easier to live here. Yeah. Yeah. So in some of the articles about having children in med school, they ask, when's the best time to have a kid? As if there is a best time. <laughs> yeah, not your, not your first year. Definitely don't have children in your first year of medicine. <laughs> someone did that in our program, though, and she's managed. Yeah, she's... I will say that. If, if, you, oh, wow. if someone is listening to this and they're pregnant and they're entering You'll their first right. year of medical school, you'll manage. <laughs> yeah, comparing now, for, like we're obviously only in second year, so we haven't really seen the whole journey yet, but comparing this year to last year, like it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? Like it, oh, they're yeah. completely different. This, um, this feels more like having the full-time job that I had before medical school. Yeah, I can compress a lot into my days nine to five and mm-hmm. I don't mess around during the day very much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, first year's quite challenging, I think. And, and I don't know if it's just at, at Sydney, but essentially they've crammed two years of preclinical content into one year. But and I think it's very mm-hmm. similar with a lot of universities across Australia. I don't know what it's like in the U.S., yeah, first year was challenging. This year yeah. would be okay. I think you could get away with it. And I've heard on the grapevine that it sort of gets a bit more manageable as you go through into your clinical years. But again, ask us in two years and we might have a different answer for yeah. you. Do you think you might have that advantage though, that your kids will already be maybe seven to eight years mm-hmm. old once you are actually working and then you might really have more availability to really focus on your career compared to the ones that will then have their children? I mean, I've heard doctors say if you're becoming a doctor, the best time to have kids is medical school because mm. it only gets harder. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I agree with that. I think the fact that you're going to be working late nights and shift work in some circumstances and you're going to be really throwing yourself at your career once you're out of university. So having kids that are a little bit older, a little bit more self-managed and the fact that you can sort of get help that they normally wouldn't get from other mm-hmm. people, I think that's a real handy thing. So, No, there are no best times, but there are definitely worse times. Mm-hmm. And how does sharing the care work with your partner play into that? How do you manage raising a child while studying while your partner's working? Yeah, like it's tough. My wife has a really challenging job as well, but she's been with the company for a very, very long time. So she's built some sort of flexibility in that regard. But we're also very lucky that we've got, I've got a lot of family close by, which has been very handy. Our children are real village babies, but it's usually my partner that drops things to run when she has to. So, yeah, my, my wife probably takes more of the strain in that regard than I do. Yeah, it's tough yeah. at times. I yeah. mean, I think in my case, we end up kind of doing an even amount, but definitely I would say that my partner, although he works in finance, which is traditionally an industry that's, you know, crazy with the hours, he has very regular hours. So we've been incredibly lucky that way. And I think the village thing is really important. Like, you know, you make your community, you make your village around you, you meet your neighbours, you meet the other parents at the preschool. and Don't let yourself be too reluctant about asking other people for help. I mean, don't do it all the time, but you ask for help, they ask you for help, and you're kind of embedded in a village together. And I think that's underestimated in terms of its importance just for having kids and getting through life. So important. That must really help, having normal, predictable hours with your partner or having them be able to drop things and take care of them and having all those support structures set up throughout the village, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. So you're also a medical student during a pandemic. So how has online learning affected your juggling of childcare and studies? Look, COVID's been an amazing thing for us to do med school, especially in the first year, because a lot of it was theory work. And I suppose doing it online took away the need to commute, the need to sort of pack people up, the need to sort of do all that extra stuff that takes up hours in the morning or the afternoons that we just don't have time for. And even from my wife's perspective, she was working from home a lot, which meant that there was less sort of moving bodies within the house and the child cares were still open at the time so our kids were still going to childcare. so yeah for us it really worked so yeah I was quite happy with it I don't know about you I know I'd say the same especially with it being a year that was so heavily focused on learning the basic science 
it was really great not to have a commute. I could walk my daughter down to preschool. It's a four-minute walk from my house, come home. Partner was working from home too. We could go have lunch together. You know, it just tipped things from insanity at times into a more gentle sanity, I think. I mean, pedagogically, it wasn't always amazing. Learning anatomy on a screen is not entirely ideal. But yeah, overall, I think the pandemic has been great for that. And we were lucky in that when we went back into a kind of a lockdown situation, we'd already been in in in-person classes for several months. And so we'd made those relationships Mm. with our peers already so that we could draw on those even when we were, you know, squirreled away in our houses. Yeah, right. The other benefit was the fact that you couldn't go out and spend much money. So for people that are <laughs> that are really on, as like that are really trying to save money and trying to be really effective with the way they use their money, not being able to spend it meant that we weren't in a worse situation than we are today. So Buy some fancy groceries. Right. Can get myself some nice fruit. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not to say that the pandemic. I don't want to like Pollyanna everyone, anyone about mm. it or horrific things happening, particularly when we were living in the states. But yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, the logistical adjustment that the university made worked in our favor. It did, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a silver lining then. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Yeah, but then also with medical school, you're supposed to bond with your classmates, mm-hmm. right, and spend time with them in extracurricular activities and things like this. But it sounds like you already have an activity that takes up a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. So how does bonding with classmates fit in with studying and having kids? I think like our circumstance at Sydney Uni is a little bit different. Like the clinical schools actually put most parents at our clinical school in the same group. So essentially our little circle is full of parents. So that essentially we're, I suppose, sharing the pain and and we sort of get the benefits of having times within the university that are sort of built around pickups and drop-offs for kids. With regards to social life specifically, like personally, there's not much time in the day to commit to extracurricular social activity with people. If someone really wanted to do that, you could definitely find some time. And and the university is really good at putting on events that create inclusion and encourage students to sort of come together. But yeah. It's more more the fact that my home dynamic just doesn't really allow for too much of that. I mean, we certainly, you know, we'll grab lunch together. Like like Mish said, we're all in a team together, a clinical team. So we spend most of our time together. You know, there are certainly ways to build relationships in med school and not just with other parents. Mm. Like coming in, I was really concerned that, oh, I'm old and I'm a mom and everyone's <laughs> going to be 22. But I've found that whether someone is a parent or not, or whether they're 22 or they're 45, that really hasn't played as strongly into whether we have a good rapport as I thought it would. Mm -hmm. I think like there's a lot of emphasis on how having kids makes med school harder. And yeah, it does make Mm -hmm. it harder, but there are things that are easier about it because we have kids. Mm. I mean, for example, we did this simulation a while back. They hire these medical actors to get irate or cry or, you know, engage in fairly extreme emotional scenarios with us so we can test our skills in that area and build skills. Right now, those scenarios have been pretty unchallenging for us and I remember the instructor the other day asked me like how did you do that you know we don't really need to teach you anything right now and I said well you know I have a four-year-old I deal with tantrums all the time right and so there are things that are easier yeah I think that is a really uh-huh. really great example and that's nothing that I would have thought about but it totally makes sense yeah that you are a little bit more experienced in situations like that that's really nice to hear definitely So an article from Brown University mentions just a lack of data on medical students with children. The Association of American Medical Colleges questionnaire found that 7.3% of graduating medical students were parents. So sometimes there's just no data. There's no national studies in the U.S. on medical students who are parents. 
So do you think that there's just a gap of knowledge here and we're just basing this information on stereotypes or just anecdotal evidence? Oh, I had a hard time having kids in med school. It must be hard for everyone. This one's a tough question because it's so circumstantial, I feel Mm -hmm. like. It really depends on the structure of your home life and your situations at home that can really dictate how hard med school is for you. You know, we tend to assume that the only people in med school who have these extensive outside school responsibilities are the people with kids, but there are people with other carer responsibilities. There are people who have to work to support themselves through this, you know, fairly long degree. Mm -hmm. And so I think that making parents more visible and things that they're dealing with more visible would have a payoff for people who aren't parents, who aren't contemplating being parents, you know, but who just Mm -hmm. are trying to juggle a lot in their lives and get through this experience. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, that sounds definitely like a good point to make, yeah. So, yeah, our last question in every podcast is pretty much, if you could give our listeners any advice that is beyond the textbook, what would you say? Okay, well, I'm the queen of unsolicited advice, but solicited (laughs) advice is even better, so let's do that. First of all, before you're in med school, don't count yourself out. Let the admissions committee do that. I spent a lot of time thinking, this is insane. I'd never get in. This is ridiculous. Why am I teaching myself organic chemistry in the middle of the night? (laughs) Don't do that. Just keep plugging away. Don't engage in magical thinking. Try to plan instead. If you don't have the support network you would need to make this happen, there is time to create that around you. There is time to find a friend that you can do a babysitting swap with now and then so that you're not completely run ragged. You know, there is time to potentially move closer to family if that's something that would be helpful and could work, you know, and there's time to potentially save some money if that's something you're able to do. I think find a time that really works for you to study. For me, last year in particular, I would put my child to bed and then I would basically study maybe 8.30, 11.30, midnight because no one was going to bother me. So that was great. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes everything turns to crap and it's just going to happen. And it's not because you're doing it wrong. It's just because it's bloody hard. Yeah. So those are my pieces of solicited advice. Yeah, they're very similar to mine. Yeah, I think planning is key. Don't come into med school expecting your finances to fall into place, expecting your scheduling to fall into place. You really need to have the outside noise and pressure locked down as much as you can coming into med school. Like I had no idea what I was walking into. And then another one for me, yeah, Amelia says it as well. Like, and Amelia's a night person. I'm a morning person. I have to start my day really early. Madness. And I, <laughs> and I have to have that schedule. And I'm really relentless with not giving up that time. So it's been relentless with your time and making sure that if you've got something scheduled in to do, you do it. Don't come back to it because we can't afford to do that. Yeah. We don't have time for do-overs. No, it's, you do it once. Yeah. yeah. And then my last piece of advice is if you've got a partner, just be really kind to your partners because mm-hmm. – This is a journey that they're going on for you for four or five years. They're committing to this journey for you. They're taking sacrifices at home, at work. I just think it's really important that you give your partner some love every now and again, give them a hug and a kiss and just make sure that they know that you're really thankful and grateful for them. Yeah, I think that is a really, really important and beautiful point. Yeah. Yeah, excellent advice. Mitch and Amelia, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your parenting journeys. I really think that other students with children and those planning on having kids will find this helpful. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much for having us. And to all our listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of the AMBOSS podcast, Beyond the Textbook. In today's episode, we covered raising a family in medical school and juggling being a parent while studying. The links in the description can give you a more in-depth understanding of these concepts. If you like this episode, please give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. 
You can check out the AMBOSS platform for your medical studies and sign up for a free five-day trial at AMBOSS.com.